0: Okay, Judge Buds episode uh, 22, Kevin Fial episode. Um, let's just go. I, I'm trying to figure out how, what I want to do here because um, I think I'm just going to do questions, except I kind of really do need to talk about Minnesota, I guess, for a little bit, just because um, in case you haven't heard. Welcome back in, by the way. I'm on like 45 minutes of sleep, and it's already late, so this is going to be all over the place, most likely, until I get to the questions. Anyways, um, yeah, in case you haven't heard, um, the season's over. Um, Cancel the season. Uh, You know, the sky's falling. Um, They're not going to make the playoffs. Everything's bad, and um, they might relocate. So um that's where we're at um with the wilds uh they've lost what is it now eight out of ten nine out of ten or some crazy shit like that um they're obviously in this really bad slump and um we're doing what we do best uh we're panicking now here's where we're at playing really bad um there have been some wild, no pun intended, um just some like mind-boggling defensive lapses. Um you know, it it feels like they can't really get a rhythm going. And when it rains it pours, you know, one mistake turns into two, turns into a goal against, turns into two goals against. Um, you know, how many times now has it been they score a goal to get back into the game. Um, and then they just give give one up right away again. So there's just so much going on. Now, every team goes through this, and, and they're kind of doing it like right before the trade deadline. So now we all want to move. I, I said this during the last game. Um, I do think it's time to do something. But if we know Bill Guerin, he's not just going to look at this run of what's it been pretty much since they returned from the all-star break. Um, and he's not just going to go make some giant move now. I don't think the last month and a half has really changed what he sees, what he's planning on doing. My mic won't stand still. Um, I still don't know if he's really planning on making a big move. I kind of wonder if he looks at it now and kind of questions What do we really have here in this team? I still think you have a really good team, and I think you have a team that when they're playing at their best or at least close to it, um, at the very least they're an absolute miserable team to go up against in the playoffs. So I do think they're a piece or two away from really cementing themselves as uh, a team that you'd feel comfortable Running with and making a deep run because if you look at the Western Conference, too, the usual you know, the, I think a lot of the teams that we expected to be at the top of that conference just aren't there. Um, you know, Vegas hasn't been healthy all year, and even when they were healthy for a little bit, you know, it, they haven't really strung together a consistent run of games where you feel confident in them every night, they just don't look the same. Uh, even with Eichel, um, you know, I think we all had them way ahead in that pacific division and it just hasn't happened edmonton's dog shit um and now calgary looks like they're at the top and they're obviously giving minnesota some real fits those last two games they can't stop giving up goals um and then colorado is just an absolute juggernaut so but we've seen them play really well against colorado i think colorado tends to bring their best hockey out so you know there's not i don't really look at any team in the west and say there's just i would never um feel comfortable saying that they could they could win a seven game series you know like that they, they're that they're good enough so now i think it's time to figure out what's the little shakeup gonna be that's gonna at least help turn this around for me like again i don't see bill Guerin making any big giant moves i don't see him uh, giving away multiple draft kick draft picks high-end prospects this and that I just don't see him doing that so for me to you know especially considering the run of games that they're gonna have now from the until the end of the year like there's no break um call some kids up get some fresh legs in there you know Marco Rossi's just hanging out there putting up a point per game Mitchell Chafee is scoring every game uh you have guys down there that you could plug in to at least give you a little bit of energy and some and some guys that are gonna you know again coming from boston no one really wants to hear me talk about the bruins but when they were at their best not this season i can't watch them this season um you know when they were at their best for the last couple of years a lot of that was they talk about that internal competition right so now you have a kid coming up from let's this from for our example here like you know you got kids coming up from iowa that want to prove that they're they're here to stay um you know you look at like the duham and the doers uh the bullies of the world they came in they earned their spot and they didn't let go and that's gonna that you know that drives guys to be at their best too so you know you I, i would like to see some kids get a look here i again i think marco rossi probably is gonna be not brought up until either the end of the year And if they do that, I'd be surprised if they gave him games in the playoffs, but um, I think that's fine. But I mean, again, Mitchell Chafee for me, we get that kid up here give him, see what you got in him. I mean, undrafted kid out of UMass. Um, I think he plays a style that I think Minnesota really like. Um, And he just continues to perform for Iowa since he came back a couple months ago from injury. He's just been a stud. So, you know, give him a look. Throw Beckman up there for some energy. You need energy, throw Adam Beckman in there. Um, you know, I, so that's probably where you want to start, right? Um now that being said, it looks like Jordan Greenway's off IR, so they're gonna be finally fully healthy for the first time, and I don't even know how long. Um, so hopefully, you know, that line can get back together, get that mojo going again, uh, just be a miserable line to play against. If nothing else, just be those pricks in front of the net, miserable. Uh, to go up against in their in your own defensive zone, so um, you know we'll see what happens out there, full healthy. But for me, it, it, let's call these kids up. You know, get some fresh legs in there, get some energy going. Um, you know, there's no need to panic and make some big trade and give away all of your all of your assets now that you actually have assets, uh, just because you put together a bad month or two. Every team does. Like there's so few teams that just go 82 games of just juggernaut hockey and even those teams like you think about tampa bay in 2019 they get swept in the first round you know colorado as good as they have been for a couple of years now they haven't made it past the second round so uh, hockey's weird we still have a couple of weeks before the trade deadline um we'll see what billy g has in mind um you know again i think he doubled down on the idea that he's not gonna do anything crazy uh on the broadcast the other day um but I mean, it's just not fun to watch right now. But I still think you're crazy if you're just gonna give up on this team because they're putting together a bunch of bad results. Um I still think they're a really good team. You know, they're gonna be fully healthy again. You know, I think, you know, Matt Dumbo's back recently, Zuccarello's back recently. Uh so you know, it's gonna take them probably a game or two or three just to get back into the mix, um, especially this time of year where other teams are fighting for a spot in the playoffs where it seems to be wide open in the West, where, you know, in, in the East, dude, like the eight teams that are making the playoffs are set. Like there's no Columbus and Detroit are too far out. Um, you know, the two, it's insane how much better the East is. No offense than the West. I mean, the two wildcard teams are the Capitals and the Bruins. Like it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, again, they they're not fun to watch right now. It's and I know we're not used to this. I think we're probably seeing you know, the beginning of the year when they were just an absolute juggernaut, you know, they were scoring at will with the empty net. Like with their own empty net, with the extra like so now it's I think the true Minnesota Wild was somewhere between where they are now and where they were when they were at the top of the league. Um and I think at the end they they were due for a little bit of regression eventually. Um back to the mean or whatever that saying is yeah i think we're starting to see it so um my take i want to see the kids up here um oh and actually you know one more thing for me it's not even the goals against that's concerning it's not even the sloppy play it's not the goaltending like it's the complete loss of like that confidence and swagger that they had right and i i meant to put this out in a thread i don't know why twitter deleted the first that's what i said in the first tweet and then i followed it up by saying they look like a team that's going out there and they're hoping to win games um you know when they were at the top of the league they were going into every game assuming they were going to win and planning on winning now it's like one little thing goes wrong and when it rains it pours and it's just a complete disaster like i mean they played a really good first period against dallas i thought and then right at the end there they get that unfortunate goal against um definitely a bad challenge and then they give up another one immediately in the second period and it all goes downhill from there like so i don't really know what the deal is with that i think i'm sure they're exhausted like the schedule is brutal but that to me is what really kind of sticks out more than anything it's just that loss of the swagger it's just not there anymore um and it's almost like they're just waiting for something to go wrong so um Again, I don't think this is who they are. Uh, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I still think they're a really good team. I think, you know, they can get better at the deadline here, and maybe you don't have to have to make a huge move, but um, I'd like to see at least something, and I think they've played themselves into a position where they deserve. You know, Billy Geary should do something to bolster the roster, whatever you think that might be. Um, but that's where they're at. It's It's not fun, but, you know. They're gonna turn it around. I think they're too good not to. So that's that's where we're at with that. Um, so this is what we're gonna do because I got a ton of questions. I think this is just gonna be a mailbag. Uh, so I'm just, I gotta pay the bills. I'll read the DraftKings, and then I got a bunch of questions that I'm sure I'll go a friggin' hour on, uh, even though I'm on 45 minutes of sleep. Not you know not a hero. I'm not looking for any credit, but please clap. Okay, let's talk about DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, oh God, hat tricks, and big wins. <clears throat> As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get 150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And let's just keep going with the details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER 1-800-426-2537 uh, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888 789 777 slash visit http dot I don't think I'm supposed to read all this, .org, <laughs> slash chat, <laughs> 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, one 770 stop 7867 in Louisiana 8778 hope ny slash text hope ny in New York visit <laughs> visit opgr.org in Oregon call text Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or one 88 8532 3500 in Virginia, 21 plus, 80 plus in the Hampshire, Wyoming, physically pr- present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Bit of a $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. There was no way I was supposed to read that entire thing, but that's three minutes of our lives that we're never going to get back. And I hope we keep it in because that was really funny. <laughs> in my defense, I just asked Ish if I was supposed to read the whole thing, and he said yes. So that's uh, that happened. Anyways. Let's let's just go right into the questions because I can't talk about Iowa. I just can't do it. They're pissing me off. Um, the defense stinks. They miss Kylan and Madison. They don't have it. They have like two guys that can kind of move the puck. I do like Brendan Miller. He's been playing really well. He's a smooth skater. He passes well. He's got a decent shot. Uh, Dakota Mirmus is too good for the AHL. Not good enough for the NHL. He's probably one of those weird tweeners. I do think he's got NHL upside. Um, you know, but he looks good. Um, other than that i mean turner ottenbright looks okay defensively and he's probably been their most consistent defensive defenseman uh but they left hunter jones out to dry and i'll never forgive them and i also kind of uh mushed hunter jones the poor bastard um you know i tweeted out that he was looking excellent he had 15 saves on 15 shots and then the next thing i knew uh he gave up like three goals on five shots but They just completely left him out to dry. Ridiculous turnovers, odd man rushes, just completely falling asleep, losing coverage. The poor kid, I mean, I don't really know what he could have done on literally any of the goals they gave up on, was that, Sunday? Um, So that was annoying, but he looked really good until they just decided to stop playing defense in front of him. So I, I don't know what the deal was there, but that happened. Anyways... Let's go to the questions cuz there's a, a lot of good ones and there's just a lot in general. Um let's start with Wild Farm report. Assuming Fiala is on the team next year, who does Rossi fit better between 9736 or 1222? I'd say 1222. Um I think Marco Rossi's I think he's going to want the puck a lot more. I think Zuc- I mean both Fial and Boly do tend to have the puck a lot, but, um, you know, I just look at the way Marco Rossi plays, um, you know, especially going right. And you know, he's going to be going to the NHL. He's played with, uh, Boley before, um, you know, he's going to be on the puck more. He's going to be making more passes, I think 97-36, I think Kaprizov and Zuccarello, first of all, it's really hard to just step into the NHL and play with them. I think they play really fast in the offensive zone. They're doing their, like, you know, Kaprizov's doing a, a, a roundabout, doing three laps around the offensive zone, and then just passes to Zuccarello. They're playing catch. Um, I do think he just fit, kind of fits better with, uh Fiala and Boldy and then even defensively I think him and Boldy are really good at locking it down but they already have chemistry together so I'd start him there uh next season if they do decide to have him in the NHL next year which I think he's ready or he will be ready and I think those are two really good line mates for him again he's already played with Boldy they look incredible together um on the power play on the penalty kill neutral zone um that chemistry's there and I think he would look really good dish into Fiala um you know Whether he's the play driver or he's going to be a complimentary piece, he can just kind of fit in. That's the thing about Rocco Rossi. He just fits in wherever he's playing. So um, I stick in between there. I think he sees more of the puck. Um, and I think it's a lot less challenging than trying to fit in right with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, um, even though I think they do elevate whoever their center is either way. Uh, but I think it's just a natural fit with Boldy and Fiala, uh, with Rossi in between them. Dave Curtis, what was your, I became a fan of the wild when story dudes rock confirmed. Um, I think I've said this before. So, you know, obviously growing up in Boston and I was, you know, Boston's been the team forever. Um, and then I was really young. Uh, eventually I eventually just started watching more hockey outside of just Boston, especially when they were pretty bad for a little bit. Um, so I started watching other teams around the league. Uh, I really started following teams that, um, you know, the fan base is crazy you know, big hockey markets, the games looked sick, Um, you know, they were loud, they're fun. Um, Minnesota kind of just caught my eye. It's obviously it's the state of hockey. The Excel Energy Center is always bumping. Um, you know, for me, like if I'm going to live anywhere other than Boston, like Minnesota is like the ideal place for me. Um, You know, it's all hockey. It's, it's just the way it is. But uh truthfully, you know, so I saw obviously I started watching, minnesota when they first went back uh and then i think it was the year that he set the franchise record for the most shorthanded goals in bruins history in one season uh i fell in love with brian ralston he scored nine shorties i think it was oh three and the lockout happened he ended up in minnesota uh he was great in minnesota so that's kind of when i just jumped on that bandwagon um and ever since then it's been they've been like one b so we can thank uh, the state of hockey and we can thank roly poly oly uh, that's not his name brian rolston uh, you know breakaway clap bombs and then scoring short he's like no one's business um, but yeah it, it was really brian rolston believe it or not and now it's just been love ever since my buddy dom tiano this i know it's tongue-in-cheek uh will jack McBain sign an nhl or ahl do his deal as soon as his season's over nhl because i think there's a chance you could get into games at the end of the year i think his game naturally translates to nhl um you know obviously it's a big jump especially when this is the first year he's really popped off yeah i know the rumors if you go and listen to the 31 or 32 thoughts podcast today with merrick and friedman he's merrick explained the McBain situation exactly how i told you he meant it there are no real rumors um but if you think that the wild wouldn't be willing to include him in a package, if that could get if he could be a package for a big center, then yeah, they would do that. It's a no brainer. Like, I love the kid, but he's not like irreplaceable. I don't think it's like if you trade him, it's not like you're trading Marco Rossi or who's Dino if that would have crazy implications on the future of your franchise. So, um, yeah, I think he signs the NHL deal. Hopefully, it's in Minnesota. If not, hopefully, they move him and get something for him. You're not going to get it again. I've said this before, you're not going to get a ton. Uh, For him right now, like if you're just trading him, you're getting like a mid-round pick maybe. Um, But for me, if you can't, you just can't let the kid walk. I'd be shocked if they let him walk and got nothing for him. Um, Moving on. Max McCormick, which prospects have exceeded expectations this season and which have failed to meet expectations? In other words, whose stock has risen and whose has fallen? Uh, The first one that comes to mind in terms of their stock rising. Um, I mean, aside from a kid like Connor Dewar, like I figured, you know, he was in the running to make the NHL squad. Um, and then when he started in Iowa, I figured that's where he'd be all year. And then he just took off when he went back down. Um, you know, I made his way to the NHL and I don't really see how you can take him out of the lineup. Uh, I think he's a really good piece for them. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time. So, but I mean, other than him, I think, the first one that comes to mind is like a Pavel Novak. Um, you know, I've said it before, the knock on him forever has been that he's a one-dimensional scorer, uh, one-dimensional offensive player, uh, gets a lot of power play cookies. You know, it's that bomb of a shot from the circle uh, in Ovi's office. Uh, but this year, he's just been incredible. He's been their best player just about every night. Um, you know, he's fighting through adversity, too. He's he's taking skate blades to the face, um, and he's coming back. K. John, um, he's scoring a, a ton of different ways. I think he's at least working on being more multidimensional. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's not a sure thing for the NHL, but I'm betting on the kid, but, um, you know, coming in, I kind of expected like a 20-40 season from him and he's already surpassed that he's, I think he's right around 24 goals and 30 something assists. Um, they still have a good amount of games left, but again, he's scoring in different ways. He's going hard to the net. He's forechecking really hard. Um again his feet for whatever reason stop moving the defensive zone and he just like watches the puck and glide to the to the wall, uh, which is why I'm a fan of letting him play another year in junior, assuming, assuming he still has eligibility. Um, but he's definitely exceeded my expectations. He looks like a completely different player than the one than the player that they drafted. Um, so he's been a pleasant surprise. And it's showing up on the score sheet. And again, he's outproducing guys that went way higher than him in the draft on his own team um and he's kind of just been their most important player i love the versatility the ability for him to throw him um in the middle when you need a big face-off win like he's not going to kill a ton of pe- ton of penalties for you but you'll see him out there in the first pk unit to win that face-off kind of like a uh what's that position lacrosse the fogo faceoff, get out um but he's i think he's won like 70 percent of the face-offs he's taken and he's taken a good amount <laughs> so he's he's just looked really good um and if he continues to work on the defensive side of the game you know if he can get a little bit i think if he works on his skating a little bit and just has a little bit better form and technique then um you know you're looking at a kid with a real shot to play and play nhl games um definitely a couple years away but i think anyways he's been the kid for me that's really um Exceeded those expectations. Same thing with like a Jack McBain, you know, this is the first year he's really popped off I don't know if I expected 17 goals in 21 games um, You know the potential was always there, but you're always just waiting for him to hit it And then he got his opportunity on that first line this year, you know, he's getting all the minutes He clearly worked his bag off in the offseason skating's better defensive games really good He just does everything really well so um you know he's always been a really good player and like i said before this is a kid that had first round pedigree in his draft year and then kind of just fell off um and we've kind of just been waiting for that size and skill to really like shine um and this year it finally has and i but i mean it's been dominant he scored in every single game that he came back from after the olympics they didn't win a game until he came back um or they won one game before he came back and then he comes back scores two in the first game back scores again in the second and then uh, the third and fourth he, he scores both so um, he's just been incredible so you know I figured he'd have a good year but I don't know if I expected this much from him and I don't know if I expected him to make an Olympic team so there you go um other were uh oh actually and who's failed to meet expectations for me and I, I feel bad Harper on the kids. I think it's a tough spot but like, I look at a Jack pert um, You know, I think I was just expecting a little bit more from him. He hasn't been using the power play as much. He's been kind of given harder minutes. Again, that's an older team and it's a top 10 team in the country. At one point, they're number one in the country. So it's a really hard spot for an 18 year old kid to come in and just dominate. Um, But again, I just haven't really seen a ton of uh, offensive flair, anything really that stands out. He's really he's elite level transition defenseman. Um, in terms of facilitating offense in that regard, which obviously is very important um, and a very valuable thing for a team to have someone that can get the puck from one side of the ice to the other, who can get it to your forwards into the offensive zone and establish possession that way. But, um, and I mean, Hey, was 16 points in 20 something games. That's not bad at all for a freshman, but I think I was just expecting a little bit more in terms of the offensive side, uh, the defensives side of the puck he's been 50 50 that's never been his true calling card anyways um but you know he's he's i think he had a tough adjustment period i think the covid year the stoppages the world juniors thing um you know he got hurt so i think he's just had a little bit of an inconsistent schedule and it's kind of led to some inconsistent hockey um but, you know, there's still a really high upside there. You know, in today's NHL, you really need those puck moving D. They kind of that's kind of like the modern game, right? Like that's um, that's kind of where the game's going in terms of guys that can move the puck on the back end. So, you know, there's definitely upside there. He's a really good prospect. I still like that pick. I don't think it's fair to like, you know, now say, oh, look, the 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 Leafs got Matty Nyes, and that's you know whatever. I, I don't. I can't judge the draft yet um, off one year. Um, But yeah, he's definitely been someone that's, I was probably expecting a little bit more from Um, trying to think if there's someone else that stood out. Uh, Nikita Nestorenko has just been like 50, 50. I thought he had a really rough end of the year, um, especially when McBain was out. Um, You know, I thought he facilitated a lot of the play with McBain uh, big at the beginning of the year when he was looking really good and McBain was just lighting up the score sheet and half of his shifts like Nestor Anko's out there. Um, you know, he's at the puck the whole time and he's just dishing. McBain goes away. You know, he's, t- he took two really, he's taken a bunch of really dumb penalties at the end of the games because he's frustrated. So clearly he's not pleasing himself, but he finished strong. He scored um, their last game. Um, they had a really strong end of the year and that's going to be a nightmare eight seed in that tournament. Uh, but I think he's been up and down a little bit. You know, the consistency hasn't been there. Um, you know, he looked great at the beginning of the season when I was, especially the games that I was going to in person, he was incredible. And then towards the end of the year, I think as BC started falling off, I think he really, uh, yeah, you could see it. He was, he, he was a frustrated player and you could see it. So, um, you know, you're looking at a kid who was whatever it was like rookie of the year, uh, in hockey East. And, um, yeah, I think he finished like fourth or fifth on the team of points, but, uh, they had a rough season considering how many injuries they had and then the Olympic break and COVID and this and that. So I think he was in a tough spot to begin with. Um, but, you know, I, 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 the consistency and those really weird, dumb penalties, it took two game misconducts at the end of the season. Um, so, you know, I think I was hoping for a little bit more, especially considering how well he started. Um, and then the other one I, I guess I go Damien Giroux, but I don't really know how much of that's his fault. Um he actually started he came back from uh injury recently. So he looked okay. Uh he got to look in the top six with Rossi, which I thought was good. Um, but um uh, yeah, there just hasn't been a whole lot of hockey there for Damian Drew. But again, it's been so hard to assess Iowa. It's just been such a weird season. I can't really put much talk in anything. Uh, but I do think the number one disappointment has got to be Hovenoff. It's just been, you know, I had so much hope for him coming in. I thought he'd hit the ground running. I thought he'd have, I mean, I don't know what the kid's like. You know, you hear rumors of the attitude issues. I don't know if I buy any of that shit. Um, especially when I'm in fucking Massachusetts and I, I know nothing, but you know, he just hasn't been able to carve out a consistent spot in the lineup. They don't, I don't even know if they really want to use him in the ECHL. So, um, so a year in that contract still young. Um, you know, he has flashes where you can see it, but uh, i definitely disappointed that he hasn't been able to uh, carve out a role consistently in Iowa. just, I mean, just like stay in the lineup. I'm, I mean, you guys know how I feel about that. I'd like to see him get a consistent running games. So I also get why, um he hasn't so uh but that's probably been the number one disappointment just you know if you've seen him play juniors if you saw him you know the year after he was drafted even leading into his draft year like there's just so much potential there like the kid's one of the most naturally gifted hockey players i've ever seen but um for whatever reason he just hasn't been able to really hit anything close to that potential so i'd say that's the number one uh disappointment slash you know, the number one prospect whose stock has taken a real hit. Whew. Graham Power, is Adam Beckman in the doghouse? It seems they'd rather have Dewey or Shaw up instead. No, I don't think he's in the doghouse. Um, Yeah, I mean, like Dewey, he's in the role that he's probably going to play in the NHL. Same thing with Mason Shaw. You're looking at middle to bottom six guys, uh, grinders uh guys that are gonna you know play good defense for you they're gonna go out there and play hard minutes they're gonna spend a lot of time in the defensive zone that's not what you're gonna have call adam beckman up for like you're not really getting anything um out of him and he's not really getting out of anything out of getting called up to the nhl if you're gonna throw him on the fourth line and play him eight minutes you know six of which are spent in the defensive zone blocking shots he's not gonna go out there and kill penalties so um you know i've said it before people have asked me about his stats um he doesn't really get a ton of looks in the top six he did this weekend and I thought he looked really good. I actually thought he was the one guy that put it together a pretty good 60 minutes of hockey on Sunday. Um, and I know some people are like, Oh, he's getting the Fiala treatment. I don't know if I would buy that either. I think they're just trying to make him a little bit more multidimensional because right now in Minnesota, there's no guarantee that he's got a top six spot locked down. Um, a lot of guys can score goals. You know, a lot of guys can shoot pucks, but you know, what do you do? You're not scoring. Um, you know I think that's what they're working on with him and, it's, and I think he's been really good like I think I like I haven't come away from this season um, you know watching Iowa thinking man he's been a disappointment I think he's been really good um, you know and he clearly like if, when you watch him too he doesn't look like he's pissed off that he's being like tied next to Cody McLeod and Brandon Baddock or Nate Sousis. Um, you know he's just bringing the consistent energy every night um, he's a kid that's never gonna dog um you know he's going to be max effort so i don't think he's in the doghouse i think they're just trying to you know give him a few more a few more tools to add to his bag um so that when he does go up to minnesota um especially with the way that the wild like to play the way bill garen likes to build teams um you know he's a little bit more of a complete player in that regard Noah Turgeon. do you believe Ross would be a top three pick in this draft? My opinion, have him right ahead of Cooley in a two-spot, maybe challenging Wright for first. I don't think he'd be challenging Shane Wright for first. I think Shane Wright got a lot of flack for no fucking reason from people that weren't watching him play Uh, at the beginning of the year. like, oh, look at the points. Look at the points. Like, okay, we'll watch the fucking games. Uh, The kid's incredible. Um, You know, he's got potential to be a franchise-changing player, a real cornerstone piece. So he's the number one, he's the number one pick this year. He's the number one pick last year. Uh, the kid's fucking incredible. Um, and it's not close. Um, you know, I think he could challenge for two or three. I thought he could have challenged, I thought I think I had him at like five in his draft year. So yeah, I think he challenged Cooley for two. Um, so maybe, um, it's hard to say. It's just such a weird, the past couple of years with the COVID thing has really kind of fucked up drafts. Um, And I think it's kind of really hurt a lot of guys' development. So um, maybe not hurt, but kind of like, I don't know, it throws a wrench into, you know, your 16 through 18-year-old years. There's like barely any hockey being played or you have to go to Europe and play somewhere you don't know. Um, So it really can mess with development. I think we're starting to see that now with, um, you know, the next couple of drafts. I think it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of volatility in in terms of where guys are ranked, um, you know, compared to where they were before COVID. But yeah, I could see him challenging for a top three spot. Um, I do love Logan Cooley, but I mean, Marco Rossi just does everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, like the defensive side of the game, I think most of the coaches voted him as the best defensive forward that year in the AHL that he almost set records for scoring. So um, he's just solid. So yeah, I could see him being a top three pick. Uh, disgrace. Again, be nice to yourself. You know, you're not a disgrace. This one's a long one. Yeah. Um, What have you thought about Addison's performance last few games performing great underperforming? Why do you think the wild are pairing him with Merrill on the third line? uh, Rather than testing him with Brodeen? I personally am a Dumba defender and I really don't want to see him trade in the off season, but I still feel like folks believe Addison is Dumba's natural successor and would slot in that spot with Brodeen. And now would be the time to see that. Do you think that indicates they have a different vision for his fit in the club? Uh, no, I I think he's had some good games. I think he's had some rough games. Uh, I think it's tough for him to come in and play, especially uh, with how they're playing right now. Um, not really an ideal spot for a kid to come in. Um, I do see him like kind of just like the a similar mold to Matt Dumba. You know, Western Canadian kid, undersized but plays hard, loves to play physical. He's got a bomb of a shot. I think Kalen Addison is probably going to be a be- better power play quarterback. Um, I think he's got a little bit more creativity there. Um, but I think Matt Dumba's is probably better defensively. So it's an interesting kind of trade off there. Um, I do see him being utilized. I think he can play a similar role to Dumba though. So, uh, but I don't think that's something that you would want to kind of um, make obvious. Anyways, um, I think Addison's been fine. Um, I thought, you know, he- It's interesting because I think because, you know, people want him over Jordy Ben. I get it. I mean, realistically, I do too, because he's better. But, um, you know, I think any time he makes one little play, people are going to go bananas. Um, So, you know, he does a lot more flashy shit than Jordy Ben's going to do. He's going to be a lot more fun to watch. He's Again, he's probably a better player at this point. Um, But, you know. I think um, it's been a mixed bag, you know, it's, but this has been a tough spot. But anyways, like I think I was saying before, my computer just shut down and totally fucked up my answer. Um, I don't think you want to, um, you know, if you're a coach or you're a GM, you don't want to make it clear that this kid's coming in and taking your spot next season and we're planning on trading you 100%. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to make it that obvious when he comes in. Um and you also, it's still not a sure thing. There's no sure things, especially with prospects. So, um, you know, I don't really think that's something they'd want to do. I think it's just kind of been balancing the lineup. I think they, they're they looking at uh, Merrill as a good person for him to play with, um, can kind of cover for him defensively a little bit, um, you know, and then with Matt Dumber and Brody, and they're just so good together that as long as they're both healthy, those are the two guys that are going to play together. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, all in all, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. He's getting really good experience when he is in and they're not playing Jordy Penn. Um, so, you know, I think he looks like a kid that's that's pretty close to being ready to take that step. But I think he will be that full-time NHL player next season. Um, we'll see who's here and who's not here. If it's going to be Dumba, if it's going to be Fiala, somehow they keep both, who knows. Um, but, you know, I don't think, you know, you know and the other thing too you're not just already planning on who his defensive partner is going to be for the rest of his career you know what i mean like it's you have no idea like you know and that's that was kind of like part of my issue with the re-signing of greenway when you know he's really good with felino and uh erickson Eck. but like so you're penciling that in for the next three seasons it's kind of like you don't really know so um you're gonna play Kalen Addison and with whoever's gonna fit so Um, but I think it's kind of just been them balancing out those defense pairings while he's been up. So, um, yeah, I don't really see as like a red flag or anything like that or anything crazy. I don't really, I wouldn't read too much into it. Patriot Boldy. Do you believe Pavel Novak will ever be an NHL player? Also opinions on Carson Lambos. Uh, so yes, I do believe in Pavel Novak. I think he does a lot of things really well. Um, I think offensively, you've heard me say before he's scoring in a bunch of different ways. He's been their best player all season long. Um, you know, he's smashing his own personal, uh, best for offense. Um, you know, and I think if he does work on the skating, he works on the defensive side of the puck, he's going to be a really useful player. I think he can make himself a really good middle six guy with, with top six offensive upside. Uh, but I think realistically, um, he's going to be probably in that middle six, um issue with him is maybe he's like that boomer bust type guy where he he's either going to have to be in that prominent offensive role or he's just not going to make it in the NHL. So that's why I, I've said it before, including today, like if he wants to do another year of development in the CHL, assuming he still has eligibility, then let him do that because uh, he does have to get – he has to at least try defensively. So I do believe in Pavel Novak. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's a really good player, he's really fun to watch. Um, you know, and the kid, I'm telling you, he works his fucking bag off. So um, you know, work on the skating, work on the defensive game, easier said than done, but I believe in him because I think there's a lot of talent there. And then Carson Lambos, we've talked about him before. I mean, smooth skating. The passing, I thought, got a lot better this season. Um uh, plays hard defensively, he's really good defensively with the stick. Um, you know, he's a high IQ hockey player especially in the offensive zone he's he's so good at finding uh passing shooting lanes manipulating shooting lanes you know deception he can walk the blue line better than just about anybody in the chl um ton of upside there he's looking like a future you know quarterback of power play um definitely a second pairing guy he's got the upside to eventually make it as a top pair guy but he just does pretty much everything really well um it's kind of just about putting it together putting it together consistently. Um, you know, I don't think he's too far off, but he's been really good this season when he's been healthy. That's the other thing. You got to pray that he just stays healthy. Um, but he's looked really good of late uh, for Winnipeg. You know, he's been playing hard. Um, he's been fighting. He's, you know, he, he, he's a bit of an old school guy. So um, I like him. I think there's a ton of upside there. I think he's got like, we talk about Damon Hunt. I think Damon Hunt's probably more explosive, but I think Carson Lambos kind of plays a more refined uh all around game over like a kid like Damon Hunt, who's kind of just like a wild child firecracker. Uh chicken fingers 69. Holy shit. Uh what does next season look like for Mermis? Another year in Iowa. Seems unlikely he'll be a top 60 in St. Paul. Yep, I don't really think he'll be I mean I think he's got a chance to make it out of camp, especially just with you know, again, he's got another year under contract. He's young. He's been really good for Iowa for the most part. Um you know, I think he might be an NHL tweener. You know, I think he can be a good six-seven guy. Like, I think you can, you know, I mean, yeah, let's be honest, you can just let Jordy Ben walk and it's fine. Uh, but maybe you have Mermis there as like that seven. Um, but I think he's a good player. I think um, you know, in Iowa, he's got he he gets to be offensive, which is good for him. But um, you know, he plays super hard. He's a good skater. I think he's really smart. Uh, he's a leader. He works hard. So, um, I mean, I like the kid. I think he does have NHL upside. I questioned if it's going to be a full-time NHL hockey player. Um, you're not, you're definitely not looking at like, you know, uh, set first or second pair guy, but, um, I think he could be a good five, six or, or seven on a lot of NHL teams. So, um, you know, he's got a bunch of NHL games under his belt at this point, doesn't look completely out of place. So, Um, I wouldn't be upset if they had around as a six or a seven next year. Um, You know, first call up there's injuries, assuming, you know, guys like O'Rourke Hunt um, aren't ready. Again, I think Addison will be there full time and I don't really think you probably want to throw out a third pair of Addison and Mermis, but um, I mean, I don't really think that's possible anyways. So Um, yeah, I don't, he's not going to be like in your, your top 60, but um, I think he's a guy that you can call on. um, their injuries. And again, he's got another year under contract um, for whatever that ELC is. So, um, you know, it's they're going to be uh, needing guys that are cheap. So, um, you know, he kind of helps you out there in that regard. So, Joseph Navariak, Navariak? you got to tell me. I don't know how to say it. Uh, give me the lowdown on Chafee slash Beckman odds We see within St. Paul uh, for a little bit this year. I think you see both of them at some point. Uh, we've already seen a little bit of Beckman. Um, you know, I thought he looked good. One of those games, uh, other games, he wasn't really given much, you know, leash, uh, Chafee. I really want to see, um, he's just been so good for Iowa since he's come back. Like since he's been healthy, he's just been just such a power forward, like demanding the puck driving to the net. He can shoot, uh, plays really well with Marco Rossi. Um, you know, you're looking at a possession guy, um you know he kind of just grabs the puck and doesn't let go um you know he's just been really the thing that i've liked since he's come back from injury he's just been assertive it was kind of i was kind of wondering who would take that uh you know the three guys i had you know in similar spots coming into the year not necessarily necessarily that they were similar players but um you know three guys that had a little bit of age on top side that could uh or upside that could have Taking a step, I was looking at guys like Chafee, Bitten, and Giroux. um, And Chafee's just come out and and just demanded that spot. So, um, you know, I'd like to see him get a look. I think he would play really well with like a dohame or a Doer. So um, I'd like to see him. Um, And we've already talked about Beckman a bunch again. He's playing a different type of role. Still getting the occasional... Um, you know, still getting offensive looks. I don't like I don't want people to think he's just out there like killing penalties and talking like taking defensive zone draws and shit. Like he's not doing that, but um just becoming a little bit more a well rounded player, that's all I really see it as. Um, I know everyone likes to panic about where guys are slotting in lineups and shit, but it's like, dude, watch the games. Like <laughs> he's he's fine. Uh, Kalisha Townsell. I don't really know if this is even for the podcast, but she was asking about McBain. Can we, can you see us using him to trade for Giroux or Miller? If that's the case, I'm all over that. I love McBain's player package, but unless we're talking about Capriza, Boldy, or even Ross, or Wallstead, I don't see him being moved as a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to make or break yet. I think he's a really good prospect with high upside, um, or at least moderately high upside. Um, I don't really ever see him being like a number one center. Uh, I don't really even know if I'd see him. Um, in a top six, I think there is like second line potential there, but I think everything's got, I think a lot of things have to go really well. A lot of things have to go right for him. Um, but you know, the other thing is though, again, I've said this so many times, like by himself, he's not really worth anything. <laughs> like, so, you know, if you, if you're going to put him in a trade or if you're going to be like, let's trade, like, that's the prospect we should try to trade. Um, you're going to have to let the other team talk to him because there's a chance that he just doesn't want to sign because there's no path to a top six role here. Um, but no other team's going to make any trade for him or give up literally anything if they don't think that they can resign him too. So now you have to let him let the other teams talk to McBain. And at that point, you, he's pretty much telling you that he's not signing. So, um, and again, not that that's happened. I'm just we're making this realistic, like what's, what would actually, like what this would look like. So the thing with including McBain as a prospect in a trade for a big, you know, top end players. You're adding at least one other prospect. You're adding that first round pick. You're adding a player, especially for like a JT Miller. I don't even know if Vancouver wants to get rid of JT Miller, uh, but they're going to be looking for NHL ready prospect defenseman, um, or at least really close or like high upside guys. So I mean, you're looking at like the Carson Lamboses of the world. I'm, they're going to ask for Kalen Addison because he's a right shot. He's ready to play in the NHL. He's your best prospect defensively. Um, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, if you're going to include McBain in these trades, like it's, there's going to be someone else. So um, are you okay with giving up McBain and like a Damon Hunt, Ryan O'Rourke, Adam Beckman, like, you know what I mean? So um, that's the thing. It's just right now by himself, he has no value. If you don't know that he's like, if you're not sure he's going to sign with you, then you can't really be like, yeah, that's the prospect we want. Uh, but I do think his his value has skyrocketed this season. Not only just because he's played so well, but then he goes to the Olympics, scores a goal in the Olympics, so he looks pretty good there. Um, and, you know, he comes back to BC and he lights it up again. So um, I think they'll do everything they can to sign him. Um, I think he's a really unique combination of skill size. Uh, I think he moves his feet well enough. Um, you know, he plays a, a fairly good 200-foot game, so I think there's a lot of upside there, and I think the Wild would obviously like to sign him, but hey, who knows? Maybe they trade him, or include him in a package, or maybe for whatever reason he walks, they get nothing for him, but then you go out and you sign Ben Myers. That would work. Um, But yeah, I don't really see it as like, I know everyone likes to panic, and it's like, you know, we still have like Marco Rossi, Marat, who's Nadinov, Connor Dewar made his way to the NHL, Brandon Duhiggins in the NHL, Matt Bowles in the NHL. Like, there's so many guys that if you're going to be hung up on a Jack McBain who I love, I think he's a great prospect. I think you're just looking for reasons to panic because it's Minnesota. Let's just not do that. Um, you know, so if, if Jack McBain's telling you that he doesn't want to sign here because he wants an easier path in the NHL, then okay, great. Treat him. But it's not going to like, that, that doesn't just ruin your franchise. It doesn't ruin your prospect pool. Um, it would suck, but you know what, that's the way it is. Get what you can for him. Whew. Last question. We might actually keep this to under an hour. Uh, what is your opinion on some of the wingers that may be available for the Wild to get in the back half of the first round? Uh, Snuggerud, Howard, Osland, Messar. Uh, all four are great. I love all four of them. Um, another one I throw in there that I see that I think at this point, his value is going higher and higher. is a kid like Cutter Gauthier. For me, if Cutter Gauthier is there, or Jimmy Snuggerud's there. Those are two really good guys for me. Uh, both good size. They can move their feet well. Um, you know, is just a sniper. The kid scores goals. Jimmy, Jimmy Snuggerud scores a goals like nobody's business. Um, they're both really fun to watch for the national team program. Same with Isaac Howard. Isaac Howard's really funny. He's a little undersized guy, but he moves well. He plays a tenacious game. Uh, he's very creative, super skilled um he's fun to watch but for me you know I I just I love Jimmy Snuggerud and I love Cutter Gauthier um so if they're there I gotta look up their number which one was it let me bring up the prospects page um those are two guys that I look at you know if they're there You know, I'm all over those guys. Another one I would look at, I don't really know how it's going to work out now, considering how the whole fucking world is falling apart, but I've talked about before, Alexander Paravalov. He was tearing apart, because Mitchkov was doing his thing as like a 12-year-old in that league uh, on setting records. You know, it kind of went under the radar for a little bit, but Alexander Paravalov is another one that I look at. uh, Big kid, um, sniper, uh, defensively pretty solid, big... uh, moves well he does he does everything really well um that's another one i would look at another one i'd look at is a kid like jonathan lecker amaki out of sweden he plays on the same team as Oslin. uh he actually has made his way into the nhl or nhl shl uh the top league in sweden and he's scored like seven goals that's pretty unheard of for a a kid that's going to be drafted this season or he's going to going to be drafted um Let's see. Who else do I really like here? I really do like Connor Gauthier, though. I think he's so he's like a pure goal scorer, but he can score from deep. He's got good hands. He's just he scores in so many different ways. Like six, three, 200 pounds, moves well for a kid that size. Um, you know, he's left shot, center left wing. So you know, you've got a ton of those. Um, uh, but I mean, at the same time, he's just got such high upside, I think. Uh, and he's not afraid to get mean, um, not afraid to get physical, go into dirty areas to win pucks, <clears throat> but you know, him and snugger might be my two favorite guys that are going to be there later in the first round. I think they might go middle of the first round too. There's definitely potential them to go there. Uh, Philip Meshar is awesome. Undersized kid plays super hard. He's got a ridiculous shot, uh, moves well super skilled creative um and then you talk about Oleson too he's fun he's he he can move his feet super skilled super creative playmaker uh i think he's probably more of a winger in the nhl and i think that's fine um i don't really have a problem with that at all uh but he's a lot of fun to watch but like i said jonathan Leckermaki on that team's sick too uh liam ogren on that year gardens j20 team that Gardens J20 team is basically an all-star team. It's ridiculous. They score like 10 goals a game. Uh I'm trying to think of a couple other guys I really like that I haven't brought up yet. Let me see. I gotta go. I gotta like have it in front of me. I wonder if like a Rucker McGrawdy is gonna be there. Um I go back and forth on him. I like Danny Zilkin out of Windsor, or sorry, Guelph. Um let's see, who else is here that I really like? either way they couldn't go wrong with any four of those picks like if you're picking right around 22 to 31 or 32 um, uh, well those are those are some really good players to end up with um i really like yuri kulich he's played um you know in that first division in the czech league uh and i thought he looks i, thought he, I think he looks really good in a lot of nights um you know he's got nine goals in those games again you, nine goals in 48 games doesn't sound like a lot but you know for a 17 year old kid playing in any top flight league uh that's pretty good especially i mean just being able to stay up um in that league it's, it's an accomplishment same thing with like a marco casper as, as the shl um but oh, yeah, fuck, dude. I really like Snuggerud. I really like Cutter Gauthier. I just like they're just fun to watch. You, you they, they just stand out every time they play. Let, let me try to get one or two more here that I that I'm a big fan of. Hmm. Semenov out of uh, Kamloops is a good one. He's a right wing. Uh, he's he's been playing a lot with Bank here, and then he'll go back and forth between Stankoven. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd take him there, but you know, he's a good player. I do think that some of these guys are going to go high. Like, I wonder if any four of those guys are going to be there, late twenties. Uh, Jack Hughes at a Northeastern, you know, he's in an up and down year, but you know, there's you can see the upside. Uh, Matt Slinger, I'm a big fan of. But that's a left shot D, so um, you're probably not like <laughs> probably not looking for another one of those. Uh, let's see. I could do this forever, so I probably should have just like. Spent more than five minutes before this looking at it. There's, I know, I had one in the back of my head that. Hmm. This is when the 45 minutes of sleep last night is really coming to kill me. Man, if Glub Tree Gazov is there. anyone that if he ends up in the mid to late twenties and someone doesn't take Gleb off, they should be fired immediately. That's one that I've got my eyes on. Um, I think this, this draft's going to be crazy. I really do think there are going to be guys that are taken way too high. There are guys that are going to be taken way too low. Um, and it's really hard to project who's going to go, you know, I think there's a pretty firm ish top five. Um, but after that, it could go any which direction. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, even a kid like Marashchenko, um, who just came out that he's got, I think it was Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was like Jesus, hopefully he's okay. Um, but you know, he was a kid that a lot of people had in their top fives, and now he's later in the first round. Another really solid player, really fun to watch. Um, if he's available late in the first round, you take him all day. Uh, but you know, it's going to be an interesting draft for sure. But, you know, you bring up Snuggerud, Howard, Oslin, and Messar, you know, those are four guys that you would be very happy with picking mid to late first round for sure. Um, and that would really bolster your already deep prospect pool. So I did it. I kept it under an hour. Celebrate good times. Come on. Uh, I'm sorry. This really wasn't like a full episode. I was thinking about doing two this week, but, um, I don't know if you can see my eyes are like bloodshot cause I'm so tired so i just decided to do the mailbag i wanted to do the questions get them out there because there were a lot of really good ones um as always thank you for tuning in keep sending questions to gmail so i can do a full mailbag um hope you enjoyed it send me money thanks see you next time